Say hi. hi. Yeah, right here. We have a camera right here. Say hi to everybody. We have a camera up here and a camera over here. So good to see you guys. Uh, so good to be with you this morning. Now, Summer isn't going to be with us through the whole um, <clears throat> through the whole, whole broadcast because, uh, well, the Sunday morning uh, uh, service here, because <clears throat> Summer is going to go watch a movie, right? What are you going to go watch? Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple, yeah. And you know what? This is, we watched Shirley Temple last night, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Did you like Shirley Temple? Yep. Yeah. And these are movies that were made 60 and 70 years ago. Good morning, Ginger. These are movies that were made 60 and 70 years ago. Shirley Temple, maybe even longer. Okay, I think in the 40s, right? Exercise when you're listening, it help your bones. Oh, exercise? Yeah, there you go. Anyway, so it just goes to show you that no matter when a movie was made, like Shirley Temple, it breaks all age barriers. Like 60 years later, Summer comes along, and she loves it just like we used to love it when we would watch Shirley Temple. So here's my question. What's all this garbage with Disney filling these kids' minds with garbage? Disney's filling with garbage but yet Shirley Temple is wholesome. And why can't we have Shirley Temple movies is what, is what I wanna know. Why can't there be you know, more Shirley Temple uh, movies out there? I think that, that's the question. Because Shirley Temple is a good story, but she also sings. And what else does she do? She tap dances. She tap dances. And even when she tells them, make you have a feeling when you tell them. And not just tell them when you got that side inside of you. It, and not just that feeling you always have. It's a different feeling. It makes you love. And it, it loves hot dancing. It, and uh, why we can't have like more, short, more, more movies on Shorty Temple on, on Netflix, even on Disney. Because what's wrong with these people? <laughs> You preach it, sister. You preach it. I think half of what Summer was saying, she was speaking in tongues out there. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. All right. So, um, Shanita, do we have, have people showing up this morning? Absolutely. Welcome. Well, shaking your hands and giving you a hug. Yes. Bye. <laughs> well, welcome. Love you guys too, Angie. So good to see you. You know, we wait this morning as people come in off the street and... Um, <clears throat> just like we would a regular church, because this is our church. And we were talking about movies and how some are like Shirley Temple movies. This is my granddaughter. And why don't they make movies like that anymore? Well, we are making movies like that. Okay, I'm gonna talk about that later. Um, making movies that promote the truth about God. And Summer, don't you want to know God's truth? Yep. Yep. Shirley I'll Temple is God's truth. Oi. Yes, Shirley Temple has got, she should be our preacher today, right? Shirley Temple? Yep. She, she's a good preacher. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, I'm going to let you go watch a Shirley Temple movie, okay? All right, say bye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Remember, exercise when you're listening. Bye. She's speaking in tongues. Okay, go watch your Shirley Temple movie, Summer, and we'll... we'll okay, and we'll talk to you later. Uh, Okay, love you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. So good to see you. That was my uh, granddaughter, uh, Summer. And we talked about uh, Shirley Temple uh, this morning and uh, how they don't make movies like that. And they could make movies like that because she loves these old movies. 
you know, and there's Abraham's with us and Shunita's with us. Abe, can you get my coffee uh, out of the microwave up there, please? I don't know what it's doing in the microwave, but uh, I think it's up there. I got to have, have my coffee uh, this morning. And we talked about, we talked about that uh, last week about, thank you. Thank you, Abe. Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. I got my coffee this morning and, you know, and I know we talked about this last week, but I want to continue this conversation a little bit. Mm. Is God, is Jesus okay with us drinking coffee? Okay. Now, coffee is a stimulant. It gets us, but coffee was grown by God. It was created by God. It, coffee bush, right, Shanita? Yeah, the, the beans, coffee beans. So why can't we take the things of God and use them for our pleasure? Uh, now, wait a minute. I don't want you guys to get into cocaine and you know, opium, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about things that are, first of all, that aren't gonna hurt the body and damage. I mean, they, you know, marijuana grows too. But here's, here, here's my thought, and I want you guys to think about this. When you get into things like marijuana and you get into uh, uh, hard drugs that, that come out of, quote, uh, nature, could Satan have planted some of those seeds? In other words, what God planted for good Think about it. Couldn't Satan have planted something to grow for evil? Think about that. I think there's something to that, Shanita. Yeah, Abe, what do you think? If God can grow, he planted the trees, planted everything. Couldn't Satan come along and plant something that's evil? Yeah, Abe says, yeah. Because he does. He plants evil seeds in people. And he's always planting evil thoughts, trying to plant evil thoughts in us. So I think, uh, I think we solved the problem. So uh, this morning, one thing we're gonna learn for sure is that coffee is okay to drink. And I think God puts a seal of approval on coffee. Thank you, Lord. Uh, all right, so where are we? All right, uh, Shanita, who do we have in the room? Anybody uh, have anything to say? Well, Joseph tells us that he says, so glad I met you guys. I've been watching faithfully, been a huge blessing. Oh, thank you, Joseph. God bless you. Thank, thank you for being here. Every one of you all are a blessing. I'll tell you why, because many of you pray for us. Uh, many of you encourage us, and many of you financially support us, your partners. And without that, it, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't exist. So I want to thank you guys for, for stepping up to the plate and, and, and giving of yourself, okay? Um, and I appreciate that. I love each and every one of you. Um, all right, so let's go into it this morning here. Where do you live? All right, and, and I had to ask myself this question this morning. David, where do you live? I get up out of bed every morning and I have a thought process, and so do you. Each and every one of us has a thought process. We get out of bed and thoughts start coming into our mind. And we're influenced by where we live. You ever, I've been in a motel room, I've gotten up in a motel room, I'm influenced by the surroundings, by the environment which I'm in. If I'm staying with somebody, visiting, and maybe they've got a cold room that I'm sleeping in, I get up and I'm, I'm cold and, and I'm influenced by that. Or maybe I'm someplace where it's really hot, you know, uh, maybe I, I wake up and there's, there's garbage all over the floor, you know, clothes. I'm influenced by, by where I live, by my surroundings. 
from the first moment I wake up. But my question is, where do we as Christians, where do you, where do I live? Really, where do we live? I live at 6438 Main Street. And I know, that's not what I'm talking about. You see, you and I are spirits. We are spirits, spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. See, we forget this. We keep looking at our flesh, thinking this is us and this isn't me. And if you're like me, you look in the mirror and you thank God, I'm glad this is not me. Because I want to see me one day. I want to see the real me. See, you're a spirit and where you live is very important to the things you do for God. And most important, it's important for God. It's important for God. We're talking spiritually. Where do you live spiritually? It's not a trick question. It's to the point. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. We are to live in the spirit where? And we're going to talk about this. Somebody said in heavenly places. Amen. Absolutely. This is what most Christians don't understand. And I want to read the scripture and ask God if he'll reveal some things to us this morning. Let's go to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We're waiting on you. We, we, we're waiting no longer because you're here. Two or more are gathered in his name. And I'm asking, Father, that you uh, lay upon us your enlightenment, uh, your wisdom, and that we leave here on a higher level in which we came in, in Jesus' name. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. If you have your Bibles, um, uh, get it out. If you've got your computer or your phone. I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. I don't use my Bible like I should, but I always have a physical Bible around. Reason is, one day these things, these devices are going to go bye-bye, and the written Word of God is going to be written inside, and this ain't going to go bye-bye, unless, of course, the government comes around and tries to, you know, confiscate them, which is very possible. That's what happened in Last Evangelist, episode one. <clears throat> Yeah, last evangelist episode one. So he says, well, yeah, you can go to davidhevener.tv and watch it only on, we're doing episode two now, Shanita. Okay, Ephesians 2, four through seven. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Okay, so what does this say? Through God's mercy, we were made alive. We were brought to life with Christ because we were dead in our transgressions. First of all, you are dead and now you come alive. You are born. I know, I, I was born again. That's what they taught me in church. Well, okay, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna go deeper and further. Look at verse six. <clears throat> and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Let's read that again. <clears throat> Where do we live? Well, here it is. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, so what does this say? We were raised with Christ. We are raised with Christ. Where are we at? Where is our home? Where do we dwell? Where should we be as Christians each and every moment of the day? Well, we should be sitting 
on the right-hand side of the Father with Christ. We were raised to heaven, to heavenly places. Folks, you are royalty. I am royalty. We need to start living like it. We need to start proclaiming it. We need to start standing on it. Somebody says, where do you live? Don't give them your address anymore. Main Street, Walnut, wherever it is. You tell them, I'm, I live in heaven. I live in heavenly places, in a heavenly place. And I'm, I, it, you want to get there? Yeah, you just take a right to, of the throne and turn to Jesus and give your life to him and you can live there too. You see what I'm saying? If someone says, where do you live? Why don't you stop and say, well, it depends. You want to know where my flesh is living or where I really live? They go, what? It's a great way to start witnessing to people. Well, my flesh lives on Main Street. Okay. But my spirit lives in a heavenly place. Okay. Yes. You, would you like to go there? Yeah, give me directions. Okay. You go straight to God. You take a right at the throne. You bow to your knees, get on your face, eat carpet, give your life to Christ, and you will live there too. And what is that one way to God? Through Jesus Christ. Well, there are and, not many paths to God. No, you're absolutely right. So when you go to God, you take a right at the throne, you, you bow to Jesus, you follow Jesus, because that's the only way you're going to get to the throne. Thank you, Shanita, for clarifying that. That's the way you get to God. Verse 7 In order, why is he doing this? Why are we raised? in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Folks, this is riches. You, you, forget about the money. <clears throat> forget about the, the, the notoriety. Forget about the stars in Hollywood. This is wealth. We're talking spiritual wealth. We're talking eternal wealth. The only wealth that matters. <clears throat> I wouldn't plan on getting this this uh, hot and heavy this early in, on Sunday morning, but I guess you need you can't control it. The Holy Spirit's moving, huh? Anybody out there have anything to say? <clears throat> Anybody out there have anything to say? Yes. It, God gives us many things to enjoy, and we need hmm. to use discernment. And who said that? Okay, awesome. Um, okay, you see, the raised is not raised in the last days, what they're talking about here in Ephesians. This is not raised in the last days. We will be raised in the last days. But you say, we've already been raised with Christ and we sit on the right hand of the throne. We're with Christ right now. But you see, here's the way it is, if you want to make an analogy of it. Someone has given you a mansion, given me a mansion, a huge house, the most beautiful, biggest house in the world. I mean, it's perfect. And here we are sleeping out on the front porch. Like a bag lady or a homeless person. We're sleeping in the yard. We're not living in the house that God has for us. 
Folks, in order for us to experience the power of God, which we're going to talk about, we have to go inside the house. We have to live in God's house. We don't wait until Christ comes back and then we decide that we're going to be at the right hand of the Father and we're going to be with Christ. We are with him now. And this is what Ephesians is talking about. You see, in the last days, because people ask me about that, David, but aren't we going to be raised in the last days? You see, everyone is raised in these last days. All will rise. Everyone will rise to judgment. Everyone. But only God's children will be raised. Let me say that again. Everyone will rise from the dead into a into into an, uh, uh, into a um, as an audience with God. Everyone will rise, but only God's children will be raised. See, I don't want to just rise. I want to be raised, right? And I am raised and you are raised and we are raised with Christ and we sit next to God. So where do you live? Your spirit. You live in God's house. You live with Christ, the right-hand side of the Father. Let's go to Ephesians 1, 17, 23. Ephesians 1, 17, uh, 23. I got, I'll give you another drink of coffee here. Uh, I got my uh, last evangelist mug here. Um, if you guys haven't had your coffee, um, it's okay. Uh, I'll drink, I'll take a sip for you. If you have had your coffee and you wonder, is it okay to drink coffee? Well, I believe it is. I believe it's okay with God that we have a cup of coffee. I'm I don't know, Shanita, maybe I'm taking the liberty, but is it possible in heaven that we could sit and have a cup of coffee with each other? Even have a cup of coffee with Jesus? That's what, what? like, rise up, or sound, rise up, i Yeah, yeah I, I think we could. I think we could. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, or a cup of tea, <clears throat> or a cup of juice. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So what is this? He's asking God, asking the Father of the Son, Jesus Christ, to give you and I the spirit of what? Of wisdom and of what? Of revelation to reveal things. See, in these end times, only God's children are going to get the spirit of revelation. Only in the end times are you and I, God's children, God's elect, God's select, are going to have the wisdom to understand what is going on in these last days. You don't believe me? Look at us together now. Look at the things we talk about Monday night on Monday night's show. If you don't join us there, I wish you would. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to davidhevener.tv. We talk about things the church won't talk about because God has given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Folks, we can't take this lightly. You are a chosen one. You are so special to God. He chose you out. He, he's brought you up. 
for this wisdom, for this revelation, we can't take this lightly. So therefore, when we have the knowledge and things have been revealed to us, the truth, it's our job to sound the trumpet. Because if we don't, the blood of those who, are we, who are, we are warning will be on our hands. But if we sound the trumpet, which we do, and they don't listen, which many don't, then their blood is on their hands. But he's given you spirit of wisdom and revelation. But the question is, does that spirit, is it living well, it is living in you, it's living in me. We have God's spirit, but is it revived? Is it, is it alive the way it needs to be? Does it need to be rejuvenated? Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory, glorious inheritance in his holy people. Enlightenment, that your eyes open, that you understand, that I understand, that when we read scripture, God is going, the Holy Spirit's gonna drive us directly to a scripture that we need to read to bring us to a new level. As we obey God and we follow him, we hear his calling. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. There's two parts to this. Number one is hearing God's calling and moving forward. Number two is when we move forward, what will follow us? These things shall follow those that believe. They will raise the dead, heal the sick. Cast out demons. Preach the gospel in truth. Let's go to verse 19. Now, this is where it gets good, folks. I want you to listen to me. And in his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. Do you see what that's saying? His incomparably great power for who? For us, for you, for me. This power is for us. It's not for the guy down the road that doesn't know God. It's not for the church, people sitting in the church system, I'm talking about system, the apostate church. It's not for them. It's available to them, but it's not for them. You must come to the truth. You must have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. But do we have that rejuvenated in us, revived, come alive in his incomparably great power for us who believe? That power is the same power as the mighty strength he exerted. Listen to that. When he raised Christ from the dead, that power was the power of the living God. No power has ever been used like that before. Except David, the power of God created the earth. He did. But it was the power of the living God that raised his son from the dead to the throne to offer his blood for eternal salvation for you and I. Because without eternal salvation, what good's the world? 
We have that same power, you and I. And where are we seated? We're seated in heavenly realms. We have the power of royalty. And we're seated next to a throne in the king's domain. You know, it's funny, I told you earlier, I was watching uh, Shanita, I was watching Shirley Temple last night with, um, with Summer, my granddaughter. She was here earlier. And uh, in the movie, Shirley Temple was uh, looking for her dad and, and he's, she, they thought that he had been killed in the war, but she didn't believe that. She kept looking for him day after day after day. And it took place in Europe back in, I think, the 1800s or something. It was World War II, or World War I. One, World War One. so it was the beginning of the century. Um, but anyway, they're in England, and all of a sudden, everything stops and everyone gets quiet. And who goes by? Is the Queen, the Queen of England. It was Queen Victoria, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Queen of England at that time. Everyone stopped. I mean, everyone, civilians, soldiers, merchants, everyone stopped in their tracks and they turned toward the queen as they, as they pushed this queen by in a wheelchair. She was like, I don't know, 90 years old or something. And they, they stood out of respect, at attention. And even Shirley Temple saluted. And I think maybe some of the soldiers saluted the queen of England. And folks, if we can salute a human being, a queen of England like that, where everything stops, how much more can we stop and honor the living God? Because you are royalty and I am royalty. Let's stop taking the back of the bus. Let's sit at the front of the bus. Let's expect the very best. Let's require it. Not for us but for God. Because you see, when they stopped in the movie and they looked at at the queen and they showed honor to the queen and respect to the queen, they weren't just honoring the person, the queen. They were honoring the office of the queen. The royal mad, mad, um, uh, the royal majesty. See, they were honoring and respecting the office of. So therefore, we hold the office of God. We are an ambassador. People should respect you and I. We should respect each other. And these last days as Christians get persecuted and put at the back of the bus and told to shut up. This is when you and I need to stand up and say, I will not take that seat at the back of the bus. I will sit at the front of the bus and you will not stop me. And I'm talking censorship. I'm talking persecution. I'm talking when people make fun of you, make fun of me, laugh at us, call us crazy. We will stand up for God. And it's not about standing for you and for me, although God wants us to. 
We're standing for God. We're standing for the office of God. We're standing for the principles of God. Don't you see that when you stand and you tell the truth, others are watching and you're a testimony to others. And that could bring people to Christ into eternal salvation. But when we turn away and we're wimpy and we do not want to stand up for God and the things of God, all of a sudden we represent God in a way that is embarrassing. Sorry, I'm not sorry because I'm, but what I'm telling you folks, time is short. We don't have time to mess around here. We don't have time to play games. We don't have time to let the, 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 the enemy take and pervert the truth. We don't have time to let the religious system, the apostate system get away with what they're getting away with. We have no time. We are out of time. It's the last sand that goes through the hourglass. You're royalty. Put on that robe. Put on that ring. The cow is fattened. The father has, has prepared a giant meal for you and for me. Let's partake of it. Remember the prodigal son? How the father ran to the son, put his arms around him, gave him a robe, gave him a ring, gave him a fattened calf and held a big party. That's what God does for you and I. But do we show up for the party? Okay, verse 21. He raises up the heavenly realms because we're seated with him. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the ones to come. Let me say that again. Far above all rule and all authority, there is no one equal to us in authority and power. Not equal. No one. Everything is below us. I'm talking about the world. Not only in this present age, not only right now, but for the one to come, for eternity. Do we understand? Shanita, what do we got going on over there? Anybody? Yeah, Charlie anything? says, you know, these apostates actually had me fooled my whole life until the beginning of last year. So praise God that you've come around to the truth. And Gloria's wondering, you know, how can a church not think there's nothing wrong with these apostate Bibles. It's rebellion against God's pure word. Yeah. And God has told her, share God's speed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and who, who said that? Who was it? Huh? Um, that's Gloria. Gloria. Are you in? Um, yeah, hey, thank you. And we have Petra all the way from Holland. Hey, w welcome she from says, Holland. Only lukewarm churches here, so she's really glad that you're preaching a good word. Welcome, Holland. Welcome. Welcome, UK. Welcome all over the world. Okay, to answer the question about the apostate churches, you see, it, there's two things into play. Number one, it's called brainwashing. Uh, people have been brainwashed by religion, okay? Brainwashed. It's a mind control. Religion is out to control people's mind. I'm talking about religion, not relationship. Number two is they adhere to their religion more than they do any kind of relationship with God. In other words, the religion has become their God. Yeah, you take away their religion, they don't have a God anymore because they don't know God. 
That's how they can do it. That's how they get away with it week after week after week. Through generations, through the generational curse of going to church and getting up and doing the same thing every Sunday. This is how they do it. It is a generational curse. And I got to tell you one thing, Shanita, and I preached on this. This demon of religion, which is what nailed Christ to the cross. This demon of religion is the worst demon that there is. It's the hardest demon to deal with. True. Because you're dealing with a demon that has manipulated and perverted a relationship with God or what was meant to be a relationship. So when you're talking to a religious person, at least me, and I've had this experience, they're the hardest people to reach. Give me an atheist. Give me the worst sinner alive. Give me a brain dead person. I'll take them. But you give me a religious person? That is a difficult nut to crack. Because a lot of them know scripture enough to get them stupid. Number two is they think they got God all wrapped up in a box and they don't need to hear from you. They don't need to hear from me. You know, they, they got their God. They go to church on Sunday for an hour, maybe Wednesday. They have their youth group, right? They donate, whatever it is. It's nonsense. So they don't need to hear about your God, about the real God. They don't need to hear about the truth. That's how they can do it. And the problem is, and this is why I do what I do, is because they assassinate the character of the living God. And that makes me mad. I, maybe it's not that there's something wrong with me, but I ask God, God, why do I get so mad when I see the religious system perverting your character, twisting, saying that they know you, saying that that is you and that's not you? Why does that make me so mad when they assassinate your character? But yet it doesn't seem to make a lot of other people mad. But maybe we should get mad, right? Maybe all of us, let's get mad. I'm mad as Hades, and I'm not going to change until the church system changes. Okay, we read 21, how we are raised above every authority, every power, every dominion, every name, not only now, today, but in, in, in eternity. Not verse 22, and God placed all things under his feet, who his, Christ, and appointed him who? Christ to be head over everything for the church. Folks, this isn't about us. This is about Christ. He's the head of it, but we are with him. Well, David, how do we know we're with him? Well, because we're the body. What good's a body without a head? What good is a head without a body? That's the problem is, is God, Christ has had to go through the centuries headless, of a bodiless, basically. And the body of Christ is headless. Well, they're headless. They're not really the body of Christ. They're just a dead body. Because when you have a body with no head, you're a dead body. You see, you gotta have a, a body's got to have a head in order to live. I mean, let's get real. But anyway, God placed everything under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything in the church. Christ is head over everything in the church. 
The problem is these churches, these apostate churches, they won't let him be head of their church. Why? Because that's not his church. Maybe it was at one time and he had to turn away because they would not change their evil ways. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Let me go back to 22 and read that straight through. And in God placed all things under his feet, Christ's feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Folks, he's head over the church, but so is the body. That's you and I, we're head over the church. The problem is people are letting apostate churches be head over them. This is why we make last evangelists. You know, people go, uh, you know, we're making last evangelists too. Um, and because uh, last evangelist one has done so well and we're gonna be releasing it on more platforms. But it, it talks about um, uh, cracking down on Christians. Uh, see, the government tells Christians they can't worship unless they're registered. So they go underground to worship because they don't want to be, they don't want to register. And then they have these Bibles, which are, God's Bible, which is, you know, King James Version, right? No, the government has rewritten their own version of the Bible. So these Bibles, King James, are illegal. We made Last Evangelist one. We played it all over the country. And I'm telling you, people even, uh, Shanita atheists, people don't believe in God. They've come up and said, I like this movie. It's not that I, I believe in God, but, I, but there's something about it I like, David. I, I, I like what it stands for. Well, I'll tell you what they like. They like the fact that you and I as Christians are finally standing up and telling the truth instead of these wimpy old Christian movies where they have a GQ Jesus and just a nonsense story. I mean, don't get me going there. But Last Evangelist, I'm dedicated to that. I'm making episode two. If you want to support me, uh, you can go to lastevangelist.com and donate to episode two. And you can be a producer, you can be an actor, you can... Uh, I think get a t-shirt and stuff like that, or just a special thank you. But we do need your help. It's the only way we're gonna finance it. All right, let's get back to the point. The point is we are spirit, Shanita. We're spirit. Our body is a temple, yes. It is a temple, but it houses the spirit. But it is the spirit of God in us that gives us the power, do you understand? It is not our power, it is not our spirit, it's the spirit of God in us that gives us the power. But do we have a spirit? Yes, we have a spirit. When the spirit of God comes into us and merges with our spirit, we become one, just like Jesus talked about in the garden before he went to the cross. He said, Father, anything he could have prayed for, he could have prayed for anything. But he prayed that we would all be one. He said, Father, just like you and I are one, I would like for, for, for us to be one with this body. So you're talking about his disciples. But he didn't stop there. He said, and those that hear the words of those you have sent me, that's you and I. So when the spirits merge, when our spirit becomes, and we're one with God, that's when the power has accessibility. in the natural, to manifest miracles. That's when we can pray for the sick. You know, I beg God 
spirit to heal. God, would you please heal this? God, heal this. And God spoke to me. He says, stop begging me. You have my spirit in you. You command that healing. Command it. So I was praying for my mother. Instead of begging for a healing for my mother, God said, stop begging me. I'm hearing too many people down there begging. My spirit is in you. You command that healing just like Jesus did. Jesus never sat there and begged the Father for nothing. He knew that he had the authority. He knew what that authority was. He knew how to use that power. I command a healing in the name of Jesus. You got to do it in the name of Jesus. There's no way you can command a healing in your name or any other name. But in the name of Jesus, I command a healing, I said to my mother, and immediately she started getting better. Now, the Lord took her home because it was eventually, but she had a miraculous recovery for a month, and I shared that. But it was God's time to take her home, but she healed enough where we could hold her hand and love on her and say her goodbyes to her. But it was only because I stopped begging God And I commanded that healing. She healed. Then God took her home. Say, David, are you going to command God to do something? No, I'm not going to command God to do anything. Well, aren't you commanding God when you say, um, I command a healing? What? Can you say that again? Well, when you command a healing... Aren't you commanding God to heal? No, I'm not. Com- you can't command God to do something. God is God. What, the clay is going to tell the potter how to make him? You're commanding a healing. What are you commanding a healing on? Disease. Who is that? Are you telling me God is disease? No, Satan is disease. You're commanding that disease to go in the name of Jesus. You command it. You're not friends with disease. I'm not friends with with affliction, with disease. They are my enemy. I command them to go. See, the problem is we forget that we have the spirit of the living God in us. I know we hear it. I know if someone asks us, we say it. But hearing it and actually verbalizing it is different than actually realizing it and feeling it. Because when you know you have the Spirit of God in you, you know you can do the things of God. But see, most of us, we walk around thinking the Spirit of God is living, I don't know, somewhere out there in outer outer space, up up in the heavenly realms, and when we need it, we'll ask God to bring that Spirit down and do something for us. That's not the way it works. That spirit is already in us. You see, the religious system, they don't want you to know that. They don't want you to know that you have the power. Because then they lose their power. They don't want you to know you have the power. They lose their power. Power to do what? Power to control you. David, my church doesn't control me. Really? They don't control you. Hmm. Well, 
First thing they'll tell you to be there uh, at a certain time and you're gonna leave at a certain time. Then they'll give you a bulletin that has in it pretty much uh, everything God's gonna say that some secretary typed it up, I don't know, the Friday before. They're gonna tell you this and that. And he said, well, David, we have to be here at 11. No, no, you don't have to be here at 11. If you want to hear God's word, you will be here at 11. But see, the church system has to have you there on Sunday morning. Why? Because they've got to have people put money in that offering plate so they can keep the game going. They got this big building. They got to pay all those expenses. They got all these employees. They got to take care of all that. It's a business. They got to keep this counterfeit religion thing going. And that's how and why they want to control you. But you know, we need to stop living in a spiritual ghetto. Oh, just one second. Let me say about the spiritual ghetto and we'll take questions. We got to stop living in government housing for God. Let's stop living in low-income housing for God. Because we don't belong there as God's people. We belong in the mansion. We belong in the castle, in the king's domain, next to the throne. Get out of the ghetto. All right, so you need a question. Can we pray in the name of Yeshua? Yeah, yeah, or only in Jesus' name. No. Yeah, listen, I don't want to get too deep into this. Um, we can pray in the name of Yeshua. We can pray in the name of Jesus. See, God knows our heart. And I've had people say, don't say Jesus is blasphemy. No, God knows our heart. There's people that don't even know the name Yeshua because they haven't been told, but they will. And I'll say Yeshua many times, but I'll also say Jesus because God knows our heart. He knows that when I say Jesus, it's not the name that you say, the version of Jesus's name. It's, it's knowing the real Jesus. Do, do you follow what I'm saying? <clears throat> Language was created by man, but it was given, he was given the ability by God to speak languages and to write languages. And God can change any language in any term, not anything he wants to do. But if we get hung up on legalism, on you've got to say Yeshua, or you've got to say a certain name, then we're gonna be going around in circles all day long. And I'm not telling you it's a salvation issue. I'm telling you it's an issue that's going to waste a whole lot of time. Now, you've got to, when you cast a demon out in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, let me tell you something. That demon, when you're speaking the real Jesus, he knows what you're talking about. He knows who you're talking about, whether it's Jesus or Yeshua. He's going to tremble. And that's what we need to understand. Not that we're speaking the right name, but are we standing on the right Jesus? Shinji, any more questions? Hmm. All right. Let me know if we have any more questions here. All right. Well, yeah, we have a, a testimony, a phrase report. Oh, let's hear a testimony. From England, and this is from the Webster Report. He says, I already had a bout today with depression, but I set up. For it, and the Holy Spirit brought massive healing. Awesome. And he's been, 
He's been listening this morning? Yes. Awesome, praise God. Awesome, I'll give God the glory. We've got a healing from depression. People say, David, depression's not a sickness. Yes, it is. It's an attack of the devil. It's a disease, just like you would have a, a, you know, an infection uh, you know, in your tooth. You, you'd have an infection uh, in anywhere in your body. Depression is a infection. It's a deadly infection by demons. And when I have someone like this gives testimony, says, I woke up depressed. Now I am set free. I'm hearing the word of God. I'm saying that the demons of hell had to go home and they're not coming back. The demons of depression. We thank you, Lord, and God bless you. All right. What lives in you? The spirit of God, the power of God lives in you. We're royalty. But see, the problem is most Christians, they don't fear God. Demons fear God. They tremble. But Christians, many Christians, or they call themselves Christians, they don't fear God. You say, David, what? I, should we tremble as Christians? Well, um, if you're standing before God, the living God, uh, I do tremble sometimes when I'm in God's presence. But the fear I'm talking about with Christians is respect. We need to start respecting God, folks. And that's the problem with these six flags over Jesus churches, Shanita. They treat God like, um, I don't know, uh, he's some type of uh, uh, best buddy or something, or just um, you know, a way to get what it is they need to get. And especially when they're praising with, with these praise and worship songs. A lot of them are apostate, these songs. And it's all about, God, you're so wonderful. Look what you're giving me. Look how good I feel. No, it's praising God. It's, it's giving him the glory. We're created in the image of God. Image of God. Do you think that physically God looks like me or you? No. Our spirit is in the image of God. We have the same image God has. We are spirit beings. And when God gives you an, a vision, an assignment, so many of you right now God's speaking to, and he's saying, I've given you a vision, I've given you an assignment, and you've been waiting, but I believe this morning God's gonna launch you from the launch pad, you're gonna, you're gonna go up, baby. But you can't, when God gives you a vision, he does not allow your circumstances to get in, interfere with that vision. Now you might, and I might, but God won't allow it. The problem is we don't believe it. So if God's given you a mission, a task to do for him, hallelujah, Gloria, then you're going to do it if you let God Lead the way. Because he will not allow your circumstances, your present situation to overrule his divine call he has given you. David, Say that again. Hmm? Say that again. When God gives you a calling, an assignment, he will not allow your circumstances, your present situation to rule over his divine call in your life. He will not allow it if he's calling you to do it. 
And I don't care what it is. But we get in the way, we allow it. That's the problem. But we have to let God take the reins and control. Zechariah 4.6 says, It's not by might or power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. What does this mean? It means it's not by what we can do. It's not by our power. It's by the spirit of the living God. And that spirit of the living God lives in you, lives in me. So we need to get our power and our might out of the way and let the spirit of God move. All right. Shanita, any, uh, any comments, any questions, uh, anything? Charlie says, he's been using me to open the eyes of many. My little brother thinks I'm crazy. Uh, I warned everyone. Sometimes says, well, when they call me crazy, I say, great. I'm in good company. That's what they call Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who, who is that? Says a little brother did what? Called him Charlie. Crazy? Charlie? Called him crazy? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, let me tell you. Well, that's the problem in families. Um, uh, uh, families are the hardest. Families are the hardest to, you know, especially a religious family. Oh, my goodness. A religious family? Forget it. A family that's not religious, they're tough enough for, for us to witness to. Why? Because they don't know us for who we are now. They remember us for who snotty nose kid and running around in diapers. But you put religion with it and they got their church and they got their thing all wrapped up with God, baby, that's a hard nut to crack. That's a real hard nut to crack. But just remember, and I want to tell you something. I got to read this scripture to you. This is important. Okay. All right. Uh, I want you to go to Luke 12, 49, 53. This is for you. You guys mentioned, he said, my brother thinks I'm crazy. Sunshine says I get censored. Let me tell you something. Let's read this. It's important. Okay. Luke 12, 49, 53. I have come to bring fire on the earth. This is Jesus talking. God, the living God. I've come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. What? Christ wished that it was already done? But I have a baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it's completed, meaning he had to go to the cross. He had to do what he had to do. He says, do you think I came? And he's talking to people. He says, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son, son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against mother-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus said, you think I came to bring peace, the kind of peace you're talking about, la-la, hunky-dory? No, I came to bring fire, division. There will be family split. I know it's a sad thing and I know it hurts, but this is God. This is Jesus talking. Who will we show our allegiance to? Jesus. Does he want people to suffer? Does he want people to go to hell for eternity? No, of course not. But all would be saved, but they won't. That's why you and I must tell the truth. 
You see, when you talk to your family and you talk to a family that doesn't know God or you talk to a family that's religious and they cast you out and they ridicule you and they make fun of you, you just keep doing it, baby, and do it with joy. Because that's nothing compared to what Christ went through when he hung on the cross and every drop of blood was spilled for you and I. That's a small price to pay to be ridiculed by some social media or by uh, a family or by, you know, friends or a workplace. That's a very small price to pay compared to what God has done for you and I. But I said it once, I'll say it again. It's our job to blow that trumpet. We are watchmen. Take joy in the fact that God has chosen you. Take joy in the fact that God has revealed to you the truth. Be joyful on that. Do not let depression, do not let anxiety get you down because your family does not listen to you. God will take care of that. That's God's business. God's business. All right. Um, We're going to sing a song here. And um, if you guys would like to... um, Pray for us. Uh, send me an email at david at davidhevener.com. Tell me you're praying for me, for the ministry, for my family. We want to pray for you. If you'll send an email at uh, admin at davidhevener.com, uh, davidhevener.tv, admin at davidhevener.tv. We want to pray for you. We have over 600 prayer warriors. <laughs> if you'd like to donate to this ministry, we stand on truth. We get censored, we get knocked down, we get criticized, ridiculed, made fun of, but we don't stop, we just continue. And I will not stop. I ask God for the strength to not stop. But only because of your prayers and your donations, financial gift, can we continue this. Um, If you would like to give, you can, uh, Shanita, it's david at davidhevener.tv forward slash donate. They want to send you an email, then they would use David. No, no I mean to give. But to give, davidhevener.tv slash donate. Yeah. Okay, davidhevener.tv uh, forward slash uh, donate um, if you'd like to. Or you can send a text to 91999, uh, the word uh, chosen to 91999. You can just simply call 844-806-0006. Um, really appreciate it. You know, there was a song written in the 1800s. And it's amazing how a song written that long ago can still so much touch my heart. And the words that was written um, hundreds of years ago applies to today. This, and I believe when songs are written, they're anointed by God to touch the generations, okay? And this is why I like to do the old hymns. I stay away from the new songs. Number one is um, I don't agree with some of the theology behind the new songs, but number two, is I don't know who the companies that are receiving the money on royalties are on these songs, the new songs. These old songs are public domain. Uh, there's no money that has to go anywhere. I just don't want to fund anything unless I know it's from God, okay? Um, but this is a song that, what a friend we have in Jesus. And when I talk about the spirit merging with our spirit, I want you to equate that with friend. I don't want you to think friend is your buddy. I don't want you to think friend is someone that you pick up the phone and call every once in a while. The friend I'm talking about is to be respected, 
is an eternal friend. This friend lives in your heart, is the Spirit of God. There's no friend that matches this friend. Sing it with me. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. trials and temptations is there trouble everywhere yes there is but we should never be discouraged yeah to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? No. Who will all our sorrows share? Only Jesus. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak? Are you weak and heavy laden? Are things tough out there? Yes, they are. But are you cumbered with a load of care? Sometimes is it too heavy to bear? You say, God help me. Oh, precious Savior, you're my refuge. Oh, Lord, I take it to you in prayer. Now listen to this. Do your friends despise and forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. 
Because in his arms he'll take And he'll shield, he'll shield you Oh, you'll find solace there Maybe this morning For the first time you said, David I want Jesus to be my friend. And let me tell you something. Friend is not the kind of friend that we know. Friend is your savior. Friend is the one who died for you. You say, God, I want you. I want to be with you. And I accept the fact that your son, that you sent him to die for me on the cross. And Lord, I'm going to follow him now. All the days of my life. Congratulations, your name is in the book of life. You have eternal salvation. You know, many years ago, the demons started taking altars out of the church. And the demons stopped preachers from preaching repentance. And lately, there's been no altar calls, no call for repentance. In churches all over the world, but this morning, God, we're bringing repentance back into your house as we meet. And we're putting the altar back where it belongs, right before the throne, so we can kneel before you and ask that our sins be washed away. If you're out there and you've had trouble and you've stumbled around like I have, like all of us have, I want you to go right now to the altar. Each and every one of us have one. I want you to kneel before God and say, God, I've sinned. I know you love me. I know I'm going to heaven. But I've been stumbling with this addiction or I've messed up this week. I've messed up today. Would you wash me clean? Would you forgive my sin? I repent, Lord. Thank you for making me clean. And as we all sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege it is to carry. What a privilege it is to carry, to carry, Lord. Everything to you in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Everything 
to God in prayer. I love you guys. This song, this peace, we forfeit because we, we, we don't go before the throne enough on a daily basis, hourly perhaps, and kneel before God and say, God, forgive me for what I've done today. Wash me clean today. Forgive me, help me with this addiction. I know I'm saved. You're working with me. You're helping me, God, but, but I need you to be with me, to, to, walk, to walk with me and cleanse me. It's okay, folks, the altar, the altar. God's people need the altar. All right, I love you all. Shanita, before we go, is there anything else that, uh, that you'd like to say? Yeah, a couple prayer requests. And oh. I'm sure there are more. Okay. All right. Um, We're going to go to the... Says, what an amazing teaching this morning. Oh, God bless you, sunshine. I appreciate it. Okay, this is Kay's family. Uh, is this Andrea's family? Andrea's? I believe it's Angie's. Angie's family. Sorry, Angie. Sorry. Angie's family. <laughs> and uh, that last one is what? Uh, L? Linda's son and daughter. Linda's son and daughter. Okay, son and daughter. And Lisa. Lisa. Okay. All right, Lisa. Perhaps you've got a prayer request. You've got something you need for us to pray with. We pray as a body. We believe that God is going to heal you. We believe that God listens to us and God is going to answer your prayer. We're believing that. So if you have a prayer request right now, uh, I'll leave it for the next 15 seconds. Um, and then after that, just send your prayer request to David at davidhevener.tv or David at Dave, admin at davidhevener.tv also. And here I go crying again, Shanita. Um, I know right there we've got the Kleenex right there in the corner. If you uh, keep going around the corner right there. Um, there we go. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, don't forget your Kleenex um, when you go to church. When you come here, uh, Seems like I cry about every week, and uh, I cry tears of, of joy. I cry tears of just, sometimes I think of Christ going to the cross, dying for me, the pain he went through. Um, I cry to the Father for what he did for me, sending his only son for me. I cry that he's cleansed me, that he's forgiven me of the things I've done. I cry about that, but it's, Good cry, it's not bad. Um, do we cry enough? That's what I wanna know. Somebody send me a, a chat. Do we cry enough in front of God? Especially guys, guys, we need to, guys need to start crying, all right? You know, and that's the other thing, I've been going to these churches and I don't see people crying. They leave happy and they leave happy or they leave mediocre and they leave mediocre. They just, I don't know, let's do something. Um, okay. Any other prayer requests you need? Um, yes, Charlie Street Ministry. Okay. And Charlie's Ministry. Okay. Okay. And I think Angie had one, but. Okay. Um, All right. We'll, Let's. We'll get it. We'll go to. Yeah. And okay. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for being here this morning. Pray um, for each and every person here that you've brought here. This is an, an, an appointment. It's an anointing. It's a time that you decided to give your people the wisdom that it takes to move on and carry forth your great purpose to, to enlighten us and to give us the strength and to understand how to fight this battle. Uh, pray for Kay's family. I ask for a, a healing. I ask for restoration and salvation. Same for Angie's family, salvation, restoration, and a healing. Pray for Linda's son and daughter. I ask that you bless them, you be with them, and whatever those needs are, I assume maybe salvation. Pray for uh, Lisa, pray for Charlie's street ministry. Father, each and every one of us have a ministry, and you've laid in our hearts what we need to do. Right now, I'm praying that what you've given your people out there, what you've given your people, there's people out, someone out there, I know many, that God has laid on your heart to do something, something spectacular, something out of the ordinary. And God, I'm thanking you for giving them that. I'm right. I'm asking right now that that be uh, just uh, like a bolt of lightning in them. So it gets them going, a jump start, a kick. Father, give them the, the boldness, the tenacity, and the strength to move forward on that. I pray for someone out there that's suffering. A, a, they've got a tumor, a breast, um, Pray for a healing on that. Uh, uh, someone out there dealing with their prostate, pray for a healing on that. Something to do with dental in your teeth, praying for a healing on that. We command a healing in Jesus' name of anyone, any impure spirit out there must go right now in Jesus' name. Demon, you have no right. You are gone and you will not come back. We are commanding this healing in Jesus' name and we're believing it, and we're believing that God's people are healed this morning. In Jesus' name. We always pray for our children. We lift them up. We lift them up, and we ask protection over our children, children that are being aborted, children that are being human trafficked, children that are being abducted and also abused at home and abused in any way. We thank you, Father, that you are protecting these children this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. I love you guys. Um, it's uh, time to shove off here, but thank you for being with me. Um, please go to lastevangelist.com if you could support the ministry. That would be great. Um, you can support Last Evangelist Episode 2. Um, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, you can uh, go to davidhevener.tv forward slash donate. Um, and you can pick up this DVD. I say this every week, but it's important. Eight hours, and there's good stuff in it with... Uh, a lot of my friends, L.A. Marzulli, Lisa Haven, uh, late great Russ Dizdar. Uh, we talk about Antichrist and one world government, the Illuminati, um, demons and aliens and abduction, and how this all ties into the end times, Nephilim. And you can also get the Last Evangelist DVD uh, if you want to pick that up. Um, and don't forget my books. I do a lot of preaching out of these books. This is a story of my life. It talks about Hollywood and um, the SRA experience mind control in Hollywood, and then also uh, teach a lot out of this book, uh, True Power, How to Use Your True Power in These Last Days. If you're interested in any of these, you can um, <clears throat> just uh, text the word CHOSEN to 91999, or you can call 844-806-0006, or Sheena Huggin, they get that. They can go to... DavidHevener.tv slash order. Oh, DavidHevener.tv slash order. DavidHevener.tv slash order. Okay, last but not least... <clears throat> um, if you would like to sign up to our network, 
davidhevener.tv. If you're watching me on davidhevener.tv, chances are you're, you're a, a subscriber. But if you haven't, please consider going and subscribing. It's the only place you're gonna see Last Avengers. We have over 800 original programs and we're highlighting many, many of these. I'm telling you folks, when you watch this stuff, it's gonna bless you. And also you're going to be have the wisdom how to fight the demons in these last days. Uh, help me, help support the ministry. Go to davidhevener.tv. All right, love you guys. I appreciate you all. Shanita, before we go, any last minute comments, anything? just want you to know how much we appreciate you being here. And just because we didn't mention your prayer request um, right now doesn't mean I'm not seeing it. I'm... And we, we are praying for you. So that prayer request comes to us. We send it to our prayer warriors. It goes to heaven. We're believing that God's uh, healing. All right. Love you guys. I appreciate you all so much. And I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, go to davidhevener.tv. God bless.